In episode 5 of Adapts Within Digital Podcast, I spoke to our own conversion and analytics director, Ryan Webb, about a piece he wrote in The Drum that sparked a little bit of intrigue on my part. So here's why he thinks you shouldn't care about conversion rate in 2021. Today, I'm chatting to Ryan Webb, who's our Conversion and Analytics Director here at Adapt. How's it going, Ryan? How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Are you? Good, yeah, I'm very well, thanks. Glad to hear it. So the reason we're talking, Ryan, is recently uh, you wrote an article for The Drum, which is great, called Why You Shouldn't Care About Conversion Rate. Now, on the face of it, that seems a fairly strange thing for our Conversion and Analytics Director to say externally. And I thought I'd just give you a fair chance to explain yourself. Yeah, no, it's one of those things I just had to get off my chest. It's been been bugging me for a, for a while. But I mean, in the, in the article, I've mentioned the fact that this historically, there's this acronym that exists that is conversion rate optimization. And it's just that kind of misinterpretation of it, basically. It's how it gets misinterpreted, how it gets mispronounced when people, people refer to it as crow. Crow. <laughs> I know you're now going to repeatedly throughout the next 10 minutes. Um, yeah, so Crow, which, yeah, I'd not heard of before I started it at Adapt about six years ago. But yeah, Crow. So yeah, and, and essentially it's that, it's that little word in the middle of it, the, the word rate in the middle of conversion rate optimization that, that gets me hot under the collar. And I like to refer to it as conversion optimization, essentially, which yeah, some people might call me a pedant. But I think it's basically, I mean, it, it, one of the ways to ex, it sort of explain the, my main bugbear about it is when uh, is often still have conversations with clients about who, who ask what should their conversion rate be? Yeah. And so you sit down initial engagement with a client and they'll say to you, well, you know, you've, you've, you've had access to our website analytics. Now you've seen our conversion rate, you know, what do you think it should be? Or, or, or even worse, actually, what do you think our competitor's conversion rate is? Or what can you tell us about our, conver- <laughs> our competitor's conversion rate, which kind of try and, you know, not, not react to, but ultimately my answer is, is always that your conversion rate should be better than it is today. And you know, what the reason, the reason I get so hung up on it is because we can kind of manipulate conversion rate in so many different ways. Anyway, the same with any other statistic where, you know, you can, you can segment it, you can look at it over different periods of time. You can look at it on one device versus all devices, all that kind of stuff until you find the conversion rate that you like whether you're looking yeah. for the best conversion rate or the worst conversion rate um it's just trying to avoid clients getting sort of focused in on that one one thing especially with this obsession with kind of benchmarking against competitors but so yeah so i feel maybe maybe wrongly but i feel like if we try and ditch the r from in the middle of the acronym we kind of move shift a little bit away from that focus on that one metric as well so that's kind of the, yeah. the basis of it really i admit i gave it a bit of a clickbaity title but actually, what you, so what you're not saying, you're not saying that conversion rate isn't important because, as you say, a client comes to us with X conversion rate. Ideally, you want that conversion rate to go up. Keeping that word in crow does is it adds, would you say, undue emphasis on it? And if it does add undue emphasis on it, what, what are the more important stats that clients should be or companies should be you know, looking for? Well, yeah, I mean, the, the obvious way to convict, try and explain it to a client is to say, you know, do you really care what your conversion rate is? 
when because I potentially often can dig around in the numbers and you can show to a client how their conversion rate two different comparisons you can show how the conversion rate is worse in one scenario but actually delivers mm -hmm. higher revenue higher profitability greater lifetime value all those all those real business metrics that actually matter to the chief exec and the finance director you can show that that middle ground metric of conversion rate is a, a purely a signal that's on the route to driving that thing that really matters at the end of it which is the pounds and pence or the, the dollars or the or the whatever market you're operating in so that's it essentially it's like that it's better than focusing on something like bounce rate or impression don't get me wrong you know if some, somebody comes to us i saw i saw an agency the other day that wrote a blog about how to get more impressions or something for your banners and i just i, I mean i can't i can't believe that's still being discussed no, it's better because it's, it's further down the funnel but ultimately you want to be focusing on you know i guess what you're saying is it's not a van, it's not a pure vanity metric it's not like impressions it's not like oh yeah you know we've got we've got loads of visibility but it's a, it's really it's still it's still having that impact that you would have by focusing on a vanity metric too much. It's just detracting yeah, from where the real value is. It's a lever. It's not. It shouldn't be something that you're necessarily focusing on improving itself. It's a lever that ultimately, by monitoring it, keeping an eye on it, testing it, analyzing different segments and trends over time, ultimately, then how does that relate to the end of the funnel when where people are spending money? Instead of telling us what we're all doing wrong, Ryan, can you give us a a solution to this i would describe it as a slightly endemic problem really because everyone calls it conversion rate optimization or crow i think i think you're ah, a bit of a disruptor they, in your field they, aren't you do they then i might have been one of the first to, to question it but i'm not i'm i'm still now totally high up on conversion optimization i love conversion optimization <laughs> but i think the world is shifting faster even than me and towards no, I know it's hard to believe, but customer experience optimization, I think that's what is the way the market is shifting and going beyond even the points that I'm trying to make, the more pedantic points that I'm trying to make, <laughs> and actually, actually saying, no, it's more than just about that. It's actually broader still. It's something you can use the tools in the conversion optimization toolkit, essentially, to do more within a business. We've always seen this with stuff, workshops that we run with clients where we're talking about audiences, value proposition, messaging pricing, promotions, all that stuff, you just start to move out of the conversion optimization box massively into just strategy planning, doing good marketing, essentially. So we've always had this opportunity to engage with other parts of clients' businesses to just get their um, activity performing better. And I think this is why this, yeah, this customer experience optimization shift has come along as well, because we work closely with UXers, we work really closely with web designers, web build analytics guys all these all these other key key people that operate in digital businesses now and that's why there's this more umbrella term of customer experience optimization that's come along uh, we've got the likes of yeah vwo calling themselves a customer experience tool essentially there are agencies now that proposition is built around it and then google talking about it more and more and more as well so yeah i think it's, it's even more than moving away from rates it's towards this whole customer experience piece. it's almost as though it's not a good idea to silo individual parts of digital marketing and for us all to communicate a little bit better. Absolutely. But there's a balance, isn't there? Because if we were, I'll get pedantic again. But I think lots of the people that are talking about customer experience optimization are then trying to kind of kill off conversion optimization. It's a fundamental part of it. It's, you know, there's there's this there's this part of what we do, which is this 
um, optimizing actions through that customer journey that are critical, then uplifting it and saying that there's this broader piece, which is customer experience optimization is great, but that doesn't dismiss what's happening along that, that core sales funnel. Yeah, like I say, I think it's quite a nice way of looking at it. The customer experience piece is just trying to bring those sta wider stakeholders together and get them to, to work more closely, which then, you know, ultimately comes back to this data piece again, which is you know biggie that we're talking about quite a lot with clients at the moment and yeah. term that a catch all term anyway, but getting getting all of those stakeholders to talk and work together because they're all trying to do the same thing with data and make sure that they're you know they're they're looking at that data from the same direction and trying to get customers basically to spend money with them. That's the that's the ultimate aim. Just to, just for us to make this a little bit more tangible and less about being pedantic or, you know, <laughs> nomenclature or something can you give us some examples of the practical difference between what people call crow and what you mean by customer experience optimization from the customer experience optimization perspective you think about it just being broader so it's about thinking about strategy rather than tactics for example so a lot of what we might do typically in conversion optimization might come back to thinking about a particular landing page or a particular a b test or a particular segment of traffic and there's nothing wrong with that, um, and I think you know that's that's a, that's an important part of of improving that customer journey and getting those improvements. But I think where the shift to customer experience optimization helps is it it's a broader umbrella term that means that you're thinking about this from a strategic perspective. So you've got your 12 month plan, you're thinking about it with all the stakeholders and all the audiences, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I think strategy rather than tactics is a really really good example. And then I think it helps. This is a little goes a little bit back to my conversion rate bit. I think that. Calling it customer experience optimization also helps thinking about that quality rather than quantity shift as well. So again, the whole focus on a metric gets you thinking about I want more and more and more sell, you know, sell, let's sell more widgets, let's get more leads, which is all you know in its place. It's, it's got a part to play, but ultimately we want quality leads, we want profitable customers, we want repeat customers, all those sorts of things that ultimately drive that those pounds at the end. And I think that broader view about customer experience helps that as well and i think this big shift which i think helps referring to its customer experience optimization helps but also just the way the digital landscape is shifting fully is to think about that full customer life cycle so not just thinking about the click or the the sale the basket complete but actually think about what you do with that data afterwards and as we shift into a world that's going to be cookie-less, that ownership of first-party data and thinking about how you communicate in an ongoing way better with your customers or even your prospects that you've encouraged to give you first-party data or is going to be key. Hence, you know, customer experience and talking to those people critical. So yeah, there's three three quick things I could I could keep jabbering on, but I think those those three things give a give an indication as to why it's so important. I think the thing that sticks out to me is that really the name is really a name i mean it can mean you know it can suggest certain differences but i think what whatever you call it it's clear that all of this really comes back to data and making use of all the data you've got at your disposal and using it in such a way that isn't just based around vanity metrics it's based around actual business performance and working out how you can really get to the core of that and what you're saying is essentially that isn't to do with rate it's to do with you know how we can how can we make the experience better for our customers so that they're more likely to stay loyal to us or you know more likely to buy from us in the first place yeah just being smart with that data the vanity metrics themselves we shouldn't just ignore them i mean there's a place for vanity metrics but what we one of the ways we try and get a focus is 
by having a measurement framework with clients where we've agreed what those primary metrics are, essentially the KPIs that everybody focuses on as the real measure of success. All those other metrics then become context and levers that you can pull to help drive the ones that really matter. So that's the kind of like why data is so important from a measurement perspective. But then, yeah, just that whole first party data shift as well to think about how to communicate with those people ongoing, those potential customers and those previous customers as part of your overall strategy. Yeah. So fundamentally throughout both those two themes, the data is critical. I mean, it always has been as well, obviously. It's not It's not like we're suddenly, people are suddenly waking up and realizing that numbers <laughs> matter. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but, and, and there's lots of different kinds of data. So lo loads of different ways to get it, whether it be website analytics, customer data, audience data, qualitative feedback, all this stuff, loads of different touch points. That's why it's so exciting because we've got so many different ways we can cover the data as well. We're always going to end up having these conversations because, as you say, like numbers aren't new, but the sophistication of the data we have at our fingertips and the level of detail we can now go to is really what's driving this. I mean, 10, 15 years ago, impressions sort of were important because actually that was the data we had at our fingertips. That was the granularity we had. Whereas now we've got so much more information that it sort of made that information redundant. That's why, yeah, I, don't get me started. I'll be a bit old school and start talking about <laughs> control, test, and learn. But ultimately, it always comes back to control, test, and learn, really. But the age, some of the age-old principles that still apply. But use that data smartly. But I think it, one of the key shifts also, you touched upon it, that lines up is, is getting all those stakeholders together and working together and looking at the data, yeah. putting the data in, in a central place, looking at the data, similar perspectives, and yeah, having your marketing strategy aligned so that all those key channels key areas of operation are working together to drive the ultimate end goal, which is generate more profit. Yeah, exactly. I think the word holistic comes to mind. That's quite a, a trendy collaborative. term. Collaborative. So Collective. Trendy words data. in our agency at the moment. Big data. Yeah. Massive more. data. Um, <laughs> well, I think we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up there. But thanks for talking to me, Ryan. I know you enjoy it. Love it. <laughs>